Father, we thank you. We lift your name on high. Be glorified in Jesus' name. As we go into your word, go with us. Speak unto us. Teach us. Like you have always done, put the devil to shame. Every word you have spoken today will receive in the name of Jesus. You will move us forward. Your name alone shall be glorified. And your blessings will be released upon us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seats. We are welcome. We are welcome to his presence. You've come to meet with the living God. And he's here to meet with you today. You will not leave here empty-handed in Jesus' name. You will not leave here the way you came in Jesus' name. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. Galatians 4 19. Galatians 4. Is it Galatians? Ah. <laughs> My little children, of whom I travel in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. Last week we started looking at a topic we call Christ in you. And we mentioned five benefits of Christ in you. Can somebody remind me of just one of them? Christ in you. Somebody who is not the pastor's wife. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, that's a wonderful one. Christ in you does what? Makes you a testimony. Christ in you. Somebody has a testimony. In fact, with the word of God that has come to us today, your testimony will come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. So Christ in you makes your testimony. Yes? What else? Yes, sir. my brother said, Christ in you gives you grace. Christ in you enables you to do the impossible. Those things you cannot do by yourself. He makes it possible for you. What else? Christ in you enriches you in utterance and knowledge. You know the Bible says when they bring you before your persecutors, right? He said don't worry what you will say. He said why? Because the Holy Spirit will do what? Will give you the words you are going to speak at that instance. When you stand before the panel of judges for that interview. Don't be afraid what you will say. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will do what? Will give you utterance. I'm reminded of the story of a lady a sister who was before a panel of, uh, what did they call them? In the medical school, the final exam that she would do before they said, you are a medical doctor. And they said, all the people that went before her, they failed. Because they, they, what they said was a primary thing, basic thing that needed to be done. None of them did it. And they gave her a scenario. You have a, a, a sick patient, is brought before you, this and this. What will you do? And all of them were talk, I mean, saying big things. And she thought, she didn't answer. She thought for a while. And she thought, time is going. So she did what? She lifted up her hands to look at how many more minutes she had. And they started clapping. 
Why were they clapping? Because the first thing that was expected is that as a medical doctor, you will check the pulse. How do they check the pulse? I don't know. Something to do with... So that's what she did. She was only checking time. But she is a child of God. She was fasting on that day. Others failed. She did what? Brethren, many at times we are too logical. God will make you a testimony. He will give you utterance and knowledge. He will prepare you beyond your preparation. Does that make sense? I was sharing with one of our our sisters yesterday, and I've shared it with the church before. I mean, someone I know very well went for an interview for an IT job. When he sat before the panel, interestingly enough, every question they asked him, they gave him a clue on how to answer the question. Is that what else do you call favor? When they gave him the job, he was the manager of IT operations. But he knew nothing about what he was supposed to be what managing. So when he calls for a meeting, he says, This is what we need to do. I want your ideas. Somebody will say, Oh, he said, that's a good idea. Another person will say, hmm. It was from what they were contributing that he began to make a headway in that position. This is more than 10 years ago. He's still working with that company today. So it's not a story. It's someone I know very well. He takes me as a, as a spiritual uh, uh, mentor for him. God will make a way for you. Utterance and knowledge will be your portion in the name of Jesus. Amen. Christ in you will say, gives you life. And Christ in you gives you gifts. Those are the things we mentioned last week. Today we want to go a little step, a little bit further. And look at what I call, there are stages. There are stages. When I'm talking about Christ being in you, there are what? There are stages. And the first stage, we want to talk about this morning, is that stage that is called babes in Christ. What did I say? I hope you know what I mean by babes. Children in Christ, babies in Christ. Those who have come to the Lord, who must desire to grow? Who must do what? So, it's not a crime to be a babe in Christ. But if you decide to be a babe for 20 years, something is wrong. It's only a starting point because we begin to look at the attributes of those who are babes in Christ. And you begin to ask yourself, am I still there? Because if you are still there, after all these years, maybe the challenge for you today is you must make up your mind that I must grow. Tell somebody I must grow. Now tell the person you must grow. It's very important. It's very important. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 to 4. 1 Corinthians 3 verses 1 to 4. Paul said, and I, brethren, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 4, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Verse 2, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? 
Now take note. He said, Are ye not carnal? And do what? And walk as men. So many things that we count as ideal, as normal. The Bible says they are what? Carnality. Verse 4. For why one said, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? So, we're talking about babes in Christ. What are they characterized by? From the passage we have just read. Babes in Christ are characterized by number one, carnality. Carnality. Number two, we are told that they are still feeding on milk when they should be feeding on meat. We are going to go in, in, into details into those. Still taking milk. When should be taking meat? And number three, division. Division. Now let's look at the first one, carnality. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. When you look at it from verse 14 to verse 20, I'm not going to read it. But the Bible tells us that, what I mean? Carnality simply means being subject to the flesh and not to the spirit. Being led by the flesh and not the spirit. That's why in that Romans chapter 7, verse 14 uh, to 20, Paul was talking about the power of the flesh upon his life. This is Paul. He said, the things I want to do, they are what? There are the things I don't do. The things I don't want to do. They are what? There are the things I do. Remember, last week, we mentioned the fact that the Bible says the flesh and the spirit, they are what? They are constantly at war. It's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. But you are created to overcome. That's what I'm an overcomer. As a child of God, God has made you to overcome. That's very important. And so, Paul himself was talking and said, the things I don't want to do are the things I do. The things I want to do, the things I don't do. That's why he went up and said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from what? The power of this flesh. The power of this flesh. The flesh wants to rule. The flesh wants to overcome. But the spirit of God must reign supreme in our life. And that spirit will reign in your life in Jesus' name. Because the Bible says to be carnally minded is what? Is dead. Is dead. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. To be carnally minded is dead. But to be spiritual minded is life and peace. It's life and peace. So, as a babe in the Lord, as a babe in Christ, there is a tendency to be carnally minded. But if you continue to be carnally minded, you are toying with death. And when we're talking about death, we're not talking about physical death, but what? Spiritual death. Spiritual death. You must make up your mind, brethren. You must make up your mind that this heaven, I will make it. Tell somebody, this heaven, I will make it. I don't want to be lonely in heaven. I know I'm going to make it. Who, is go who else is going there? You will make it in Jesus' name. Whatever wants to pull you back, the Lord himself will take care of it in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. To be carnally minded is death. A babe in the Lord, a carnal Christian is concerned with physical things and not the spiritual things. And that's why a person who is carnal, who is a baby in the Lord, finds it difficult to give. 
to give. When you go to Romans 15, Romans 15, verse 26 to 27, you see Paul talking about a church that made up their mind to give. Why? Brethren, if God were not giving-minded, is that uh, correct English? To say God is giving-minded, it must be correct. <laughs> if God were not giving-minded, he would not have saved you and I from the carnage of hell. He would not have saved you and I from the desire of the devil to see that we are destroyed. But you will not be destroyed. And I will not be destroyed. That's why the Bible says, God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave. We are going to be talking about love uh, later on in, the, in, the, in this message. There is no way to love than to give. Love is not in what you say. Love is in what you do. And that's very important. You cannot love if you cannot give. The carnal Christian is more interested in what he can keep rather than what he can do what? Give. But God is looking for a vessel. God is looking for what? What does a vessel? Who is a vessel? What does it mean to be a vessel? A vessel is a container. But it's not a container that keeps. But a container through which what? The items will do what? Will flow. God wants to make you a blessing to others. Tell somebody, I, I will be a blessing unto others. You cannot be a blessing unto others if you cannot give. Is somebody with me? When we're talking about giving, we're not just talking about money. You give your time. You give your substance. You give your advice. You give your words. You see a brother in need. The brother is not asking for money. No. He doesn't need your money. He just needs direction. He needs what? And you see that you can give him an advice that will give him direction. That's all. But because the mind to give is not in us, all that many of us are interested in is what? Me, myself, and that's what we're interested in. Me, myself, and I. Carnality. Carnality. That's number one. The second uh, thing that we learned in Africa is that we remain meek. A, um, a babe in Christ is a meek taker and not able to eat meat. Is what? A milk taker. You've been, I mean, you've given your life to Christ 20 years ago, 35 years ago. But spiritual things are still, I mean, they are still like, what, what do you call it? They still don't make any headway with you. We must desire the milk of the world when we are born again. Have you given your life to Christ? Can you ask your neighbor, have you given your life to Christ? Then ask your neighbor, are you growing? Very important. It's not enough to say I've given my life to Christ. Brethren, there's no vacuum in this journey. Do you realize that? And there's no stagnation. You will not be stagnant in Jesus' name. I said you will not be stagnant in Jesus' name. 
as nobody wants to be stagnant physically, so should we not be stagnant spiritually. We need to grow. Your spiritual vocabulary must go beyond John 3.16. But you know that some of us don't even know John 3.16. Your spiritual knowledge must go beyond Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. But many of us, or maybe I should say some of us, if I ask us now, what does Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 say? Let's say it together. Some people are not talking because they don't know it. God will help us in Jesus' name. That is the first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God did what? He created the heavens and the earth. That's the starting point. Then you grow. Tell somebody, grow. We need to grow. We need to go from milk to meat. But you cannot grow as a child of God without the word of God. Without what? Brethren, it's impossible. We are not looking for magic. God has given us the way. He has given us the way. It's very important. We must grow from milk taking to meat taking. We are going to read this one. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. He said, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and have become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. In other words, if we keep teaching you the, foundation, the, found, the, the fundamentals, when you are supposed to have moved on, then we are not growing. He said, for everyone that uses milk is what? Is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Verse 14. But strong meat belongs to them that are, full of, that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use. Who by reason of what? Who by reason of what? You see what makes the difference? Very simple example. When was the last time that you shared the gospel with someone? That John 3.16 that you know, when was the last time you told somebody Jesus loves you? By reason of use. By reason of use. They have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You know, I, I mean, something has been ringing in my mind. I was one of our parishes a few weeks ago to minister. And one of the main things that I I spoke to them about, and it's been in my mind since then. How often do you speak to the Holy Spirit? If you don't speak to the Holy Spirit, He won't speak to you. Is somebody with me? Because when He speaks to you, either you don't hear or you don't understand. But remember when we share the grace, what do we say? The what? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I hope you know it's in the Bible. No, it's not just that uh, Pope Emmanuel coined it. Oh. It's a reading from where? From the Bible. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Every day, the Holy Spirit desires to fellowship with you. But you have to initiate the fellowship. You have to do what? Every morning when you wake up, tell the Holy Spirit, what? 
Good morning, Holy Spirit. In the title of a book written by Benihim. Now many of us know it. But your spiritual life, we should take our brethren. I mean, somebody should preach before and say, Pastor, this is what the Lord told me this morning. Not because the person wants to impress Pastor, but because the Holy Spirit truly did what? Spoke to you. And he desires it. But we are not cultivating that relationship. We are not cultivating the friendship with the Holy Spirit. That will make him to speak to us. I want to challenge everybody present here today. Before you take any step, say, Holy Spirit, what should I do? Tell somebody, Holy Spirit. I, don't want, you, I want you to say it to somebody, but you're not talking to the person. You, 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 you get what I'm saying? I just want you to be speaking. Say, Holy Spirit, what should I do? It's a very simple question, is that not? The day you start saying it, you may not hear anything, no. Because the Holy Spirit is not a jester. Like a man of God said, he said, God does not talk a lot, but God answers a lot. Does that make sense? God is not a talkative. Every time you are bringing things to him, you may not hear, but he will guide you. But one day, tell somebody one day, one day, you will hear his voice. He will begin to come because he sees that you truly desire to commune with him. He sees that you truly desire to know what you ought to do. You need to cultivate this friendship. You need to cultivate this relationship. We must grow from milk to meat. God wants to make many people here today his friends that he speaks with. Every time. You have a job interview you are going for that will be a waste of time. Before you go, the Holy Spirit will talk to you and say, don't go for that one. Another one is coming. That's the one I have planned for you. I, tell you. I want to go for experience. Some experiences you don't need. Do you realize that? Now look at the example of the brother I told you. Which experience could have helped him in that interview? They asked him the question, they gave him the answer. They just made up their mind that what? We will give you this job. There's nothing you know. If somebody says, I'm sure you will have had this before, maybe not to you. Say, I just don't like you. When that statement, there's nothing you do to change the mind of that person unless God intervenes. So if you like, go there with the knowledge of Betusselah. The answer will be no. But with the little that you know, if the favor of God goes with you, and the Holy Spirit goes with you, ah, uh ah, -uh. <laughs> hey, victory is assured. Amen. I want to tell somebody here today, victory is assured. Amen. I said victory is assured. Amen. You must cultivate the friendship of who? As a child of God. In the world we live in today, brethren, that is the only way true. That's the only way true. Uh, electrician, um, what do they call them? Engineers, pharmacists, doctor, whatever. I, I remember one of our sisters was sharing with me some time ago. She was going for a, uh, a surgery. And the doctor that would do the surgery told her that 
A few days before the surgery, I don't know if it was one day or three days, God told him to do what? To fast. And the man said, uh, uh, well, this procedure is a very simple one. I've done it over and over again. But he did what? He obeyed. He fasted. Then they go to the operation or uh, to the theater or whatever it is, and the man found out why God told him to fast. If that man had not been a child of God, maybe the result would have been different. How did he hear that God told him to fast? He cultivated the art of listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm sure God is speaking to someone here today. Because brethren, if all of us become friends with the Holy Spirit, this church will not contain us. When I say this church, I'm not talking about crowd. I'm talking about experiencing God. I'm talking about, I mean, a life that nobody can stop you. I'm talking about knowing that the sky is not the limit. What is the sky? It's the beginning. Because you are moving with the Holy Spirit. Mind you, the power of the Godhead is in the Holy Spirit. That's how the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 11. He said, if the spirit of him that did what? That raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. It is the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It is the Holy Spirit that lifted him and took him to heaven. It's that Holy Spirit that has been entrusted with ensuring that you and I make it gloriously to heaven. You will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. I will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. The third thing about the baby Christian is envying, what? Envying, strife, and division. Envying, strife, and division. That's the third thing. What is envy? You just look at it and say, ah, how come it looks as if everything is working out for this person? The Bible makes us to understand that before envy is hatred. Before envy is what? But envy is not ordinary. It's a key tool in the hand of the devil. In Genesis 37, verse 4 to 5, the Bible tells us of the experience of Joseph. The Bible says, <laughs> when Genesis 37, 4 to 5, when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they did what? What does your Bible say? They did what? They did what? They hated him. And so they could not speak peaceably unto him. Are you here today and you hate someone? You better repent. Tell your neighbor, please repent. If you are living with hatred for anyone, you are not going to heaven. No. There's no room for hatred in heaven. They hated him. Then they envied him. When you go to uh, Genesis 10, verse 11, the Bible says, and his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. And what was the next thing they did? Not first they hated him, then they envied him, and then they killed him. Oh, you say, oh, what they did that was they sold him to slavery. They sold him to slavery, but their intention was to kill him. Look at what they said. As far as they were concerned, Joseph was dead. Is that not so? As far as they were concerned, he was dead. Now, when you look at Genesis 42 verse 13, Genesis 42 verse 13, King James Version said, 
And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. And one is not. When you look at the Good News translation, it says, The youngest, I mean, it said, One brother is dead, and the youngest is now with our father. That's the good news. When you look at Amplified, it says, The youngest is with our father today, and one is no longer alive. As far as they are concerned, Joseph is dead, his dreams are dead, he is forgotten. And do you know that's the way some people think of you? But you will surprise them. Amen. I said you will surprise them. <laughs> they think they've gotten rid of you. They don't understand that God has just been preparing you. He's been packaging you. He's been polishing you. Ah, and the day of presentation is at hand. Amen. I said the day of presentation is at hand. Amen. I said the day of presentation is at hand. Amen. When he presents you, they will bow. That's what they have wanted to prevent all along. But they did not understand your God. Tell somebody, my God. My God. That's all they didn't understand. They didn't understand the nature of your God. God, because of what he will do for you and in you, he will surprise every distractor in Jesus' name. Amen. So I said, envy, strife, and division. Strive begets more sin. Strive does not help anybody. Strive does what? It begets more sin. Proverbs 29 verse 22. Proverbs 29 verse 22. Proverbs 29 verse 22. He said, an angry man started up strife. And a furious man, wow, abounded in what? Transgression. Strive leads to sin. And brethren, strife and contention is an offshoot of hatred, just as envy is. When you go to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, Proverbs 10, the Bible says, hatred started up strife. So some people will never be at peace with you. Why? Because they hate you. You know what strife is, right? When someone is always looking for a reason to fight. You know, some people are like that. Anywhere they are, it's just any opportunity to fight. That's their own. They are very cantankerous. <laughs> ah, God have mercy. The Bible says, hatred started up strife. But look at what the Lord, it says, but what? But what? Love covered all sin. You cannot love if you don't forgive. You cannot love if all you are looking for is every opportunity to find fault with that brother or that sister. You cannot love if all you are doing is just tearing up the errors. Love covereth all sin. In our relationships, in our homes, in our marriages, in our relationships, in, in your place of work, in the work of the kingdom. Love does what? Cover it all sin. I want to ask everybody here. I, 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 I was going to say ask your neighbor, but 
Uh, if you tell your son, uh, if you ask some of your neighbors, if you bring, we are, we are going to start fight. <laughs> but I'm going to ask, do you love me? Maybe when you get home, you can ask your wife. Or like I'm asking my wife, do you love me? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Love covereth all sins. If you love me, that's your diary. That you'll be writing all my offenses this day we got back. <laughs> what should you do with it? <laughs> Go and burn it. <laughs> Amen. Because love covers all sins. My sister similarly is agreeing with me. Yes. And so that diary, we have to burn it. <laughs> the Lord is good. Strive just to engineer small things. The solution is love. And we're going to stop there. I know we have not talked about uh, division. Maybe we'll continue from there uh, next week. But you know that we cannot talk about unity if there's no love. Is that not so? We can't talk about unity if there's no love. So if there's no love, there's disunity. If there's this disunity, the Holy Spirit cannot move. If the Holy Spirit cannot move, we don't make progress. Somebody with me this morning, or this afternoon as the case may be. We need to make up our mind to love as Christ's love. How did Christ love? Unconditionally. He loved us and he gave his life for us. That's the way he said husbands to love their wives. Is that not so? Husbands, do what? Love your wives. Even as Christ did what? Love the church and did what? And gave his life for the church. So which means husbands should be prepared and willing to do what? Give their life for for their wives. Brother Elvis agrees with me. <laughs> That's the word of God. Love is in what we do. It's not in what we say. Love is sacrificial. That's what the Lord is calling, your, calling us to today. Love will transform the carnal Christian to a spiritual superpower. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. You are in church today, you've not given your life to Jesus. Or you are watching online, you've not given your life to Jesus. This is another opportunity. For you to say, Lord Jesus, I know where I've gone wrong. Or maybe you gave your life to him and then you went astray. I know where I've gone wrong. Come into my life. Come in today. Save me. Open your heart. It's between you and him. You are not talking to me. You are watching online. Tell him. I want to live a life that goes, or maybe you've been born again for 25 years. You've not shared the gospel with one person. You are a carnal Christian. Tell the Lord, I want to turn a new leaf today. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to be transformed. Tell him, brethren, tell him. I want to be transformed. I want this day to mark a turning point in my spiritual life. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided 
Tell the Lord that, Father, I'm not going back. Tell him, say, Lord, write my name in the book of life. I am not turning back. I am not turning back. No one can pull me back. Oh, yes, brethren, if the spiritual is settled, the physical will be settled. Oh, no turning back, Lord. No turning back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Father, we thank you. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. As many of your children as are already committing their lives unto you this day, Father, write these names in the book of life. Concerning these ones, put the devil to shame. Let your name alone be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. But we are praying in Jesus' name.